Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Hello, this morning's scripture reading comes from Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. And then the Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After spending 40 days and nights without food, Jesus was hungry. And then the devil came to him and said, If you are God's son, order these stones to turn into bread. But then Jesus answered, The scripture says, Man cannot live on bread alone, but needs every word that God speaks. And then the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem, the holy city, set him on the highest point of the temple, and said to him, If you are God's son, throw yourself down, for the scripture says, God will give orders to his angels about you. They will hold you up with their hands, so that not even your feet will be hurt on the stones. Jesus answered, But the scripture also says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. But the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their greatness. All this I will give you, the devil said, if you kneel down and worship me. Then Jesus answered, Go away, Satan. The scripture says, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus, and the angels came and helped him. Greetings. Uh, This is Pastor Aaron Williams, and this is the day that the Lord has made Uh, Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, You know, I want to thank God and I want to thank your pastor, Pastor James, for inviting me to share a few words of encouragement with you today from the Word of God. Um, You know, I uh, look forward to this time and look forward to one day when we can actually meet in person. But this we'll have to do for now. I want to welcome you to Uh, the Williams home. I'm sitting here in my living room and just want to uh, spend some concentrated time with you in the Word of God. Uh, Today, I would like to hang as a title over our talk today, uh, Pursuing a God-Scripted Life. Pursuing a God-Scripted Life. You know, one of my dear mentors used to always say to me, say, Aaron, there is no growth in your comfort zone." and there's no comfort in your growth zone. And when he first said that, I I really struggled with what he meant by that, but the older I get in my Christian walk, the more I understand it. And what he was really saying is that many times the Holy Spirit leads us into uncomfortable and challenging situations because he knows that's where we experience the most growth, that we grow spiritually, that we grow up that when we are in uncomfortable situations where we are vulnerable, uh, where uh, the control, the locus of control is out of our hands and in God's hands, 
And when we have to really depend on God, uh, sometimes God leads us into wilderness situations where there's only the earth and the sky that we have as a resource. And uh, we, we, we find that in our lives, especially during this pandemic, we, we, our lives have been disrupted. Uh, we're in an uncomfortable situation, but I do believe that there is great potential for uh, spiritual growth during this pandemic. Another professor of mine, uh, Dr. Howard Hendricks, a uh, mentor of mine, used to always say this. He said that the Holy Spirit is committed to reproducing the life of Christ and the life of every believer in obedient response to the word of God. That the Holy Spirit every day is committed to reproducing the life of Christ in every believer. And so when we wake up in the morning, the Holy Spirit says, I got to get him, I got to get her to look more and more like Jesus. I've got to use this situation, this uncomfortable situation to shape him or her into the image of Jesus Christ, the shape, to mold, to bend, and chisel him or her into the image of Jesus Christ. And I would like to think that's what God, the Father, God, the Son, and especially God, the Holy Spirit, is doing in our lives right now. He's trying to make us look more and more like Jesus. And so, with that being said, when we look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, and we see... Jesus modeling what it looks like to pursue a God-scripted life. Uh, we see Jesus uh, under, uh, in an uncomfortable situation. He's being driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, not by Satan, but he's being driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he's being put into an uncomfortable situation to be tested by Satan. So how did Jesus handle temptation? How did Jesus pursue a God-scripted life? Well, we know Jesus uh, came in the volume of the book, and we know John says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus' steps were ordered by the Lord, ordered by the Father, that not only was Jesus' words inspired, but his steps were inspired. So what can we learn from Jesus in this passage. I'm glad you asked that question. So we look at, and I just want to make a few observations. I won't have time to go very deeply into these, uh, into this passage, but just want to make a few observations. First of all, we notice in this passage that in verse one, it says, Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil says he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and after he was, he was famished. And the tempter, the devil, came and said to him, if you are the Son of God. Now, we see Satan saying this twice to Jesus. He says it here in verse 3, but he also says it in verse 6. He says, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God. And no doubt, Satan was there when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. No doubt, Satan must have heard what God the Father said when Jesus came out of the baptismal waters of, of the Jordan. And, and it says that John saw the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus like a dove. But it also says that John heard the voice of the Father saying, 
This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, it's interesting that immediately after this, Mark says that immediately John, that Jesus was driven into the wilderness by the spirit. So here his sonship is affirmed during the baptism. But here in Matthew chapter four, Satan wants Jesus to question his identity, his sonship, his relationship to the father. He says, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God. And I think based on what we see here is that Satan wants us, just like he did Jesus, to doubt what God has said. He wants us to question our identity that we are the sons and daughters of God. He wants us to question who we are in God. But I love how Jesus responds to Satan on this first testing. He says, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan twists scripture. He says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And what he wants Jesus to do is to act independently of the father. He wants Jesus to use his sonship and his power to feed himself. And whenever we read scripture, we all, especially the gospels, we never see Jesus performing a miracle for himself, to feed himself, to clothe himself. But every time Jesus performed a miracle, it was always for someone else. And so we see Jesus here uh, countering Satan and basically saying to Satan that it is written that one does not live by bread alone, by physical bread, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I believe what Jesus is saying in this text and what he's saying to us, brothers and sisters, is that our spiritual sustenance comes from God, that God is the source and the giver of every good and perfect gift. See, sometimes we have a tendency to get our resources mixed up with the source. We treat the car that we drive as if it's a source. We treat the house that we live in as if it's a source, but it's a resource. We treat the money that we have, the bank account that we have, the career that we have as if it is the source but it's just a resource to be enjoyed and used. We have a tendency to worship the gifts and not the giver. We got to turn that thing around. We've got to worship the giver and use the gifts. And so this is what Jesus is saying to us, that Jesus, that God is the source and God provides the spiritual livelihood that's necessary for us to live our lives to the fullest. So I, that, that's what Jesus is saying to us. And I just want us to be reminded today that our identity is not rooted in our bank account. Our identity is not rooted in our pedigree. It's not rooted in our careers. Our identity is rooted in God, rooted in Jesus Christ. And so you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are precious in the sight of God. You, you have been created by God. You're precious in his sight. You're cre created in his image. You are an image bearer of God. 
And that is good news, brothers and sisters. But not only do we see this in the text, we also see also that true spiritual maturity is an expression of absolute dependence on God. In other words, we never get to the point where we don't need God. We never get to the point where we are independent of God. So you see in the physical realm of life, parents as parents, the goal is to raise our children up in such a way where they get to a level of dependence, where they get to a level where they uh, are independent, where they're able to provide for themselves. They have their own job, their own home, their own house. But it's quite the opposite in the spiritual realm of life. You see, as we get older in our spiritual walk, the more dependent we are on God. And so let it be said of us every day when we wake up in the morning to say to the Lord, Lord, I, I desperately need you today, dear God. I can't make it uh, in this Christian life, on this Christian journey without you, dear God. Lord, I need you every step of the way. I need you as a husband to love my wife as Christ love the church. I need you as, as a wife. I need you as a son. I need you as a daughter. I need you in my career, Lord. Lord, I, I'm depending on you. Lord. And so uh, we never get to that point where we are independent of God. God wants us to depend on him more and more. The question comes today, how, how did Jesus overcome the devil? Well, he overcame the devil by using the same weapons that are available to us today. He used the word of God. He, used, he allowed himself to be led by the Holy Spirit, but he also was in constant fellowship and communion with God the Father through prayer. These are the, uh, the weapons that Jesus used to counter Satan and to resist temptation. I think that's why James says that we sub should submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. How do we submit to God? We submit to the word of God. We submit to the scriptures. We submit to what God has said. And when we submit to God and resist the devil with the words of God, it says, James said that the devil will flee from us. And we find that in this passage that after Satan tests and tempts Jesus three times, it says that Satan leaves Jesus for a season. But we know that, Jesus, that Satan will come back. He will come back. But that's the, the resistant, that's the repellent that keeps Satan away from us when we uh, pursue a God-scripted life. That's what Jesus does uh, clearly as he embarks on his earthly ministry. He makes a commitment to submit himself to what God has said. And we see this all through the gospels that Jesus often says, I do those things that only pleases my father. Jesus is a God pleaser. He's a father pleaser. He wants to please his father. And so should be the same thing should be said about us. You see, public ministry for Jesus is built on his private victories. Uh, Jesus understood that he had to spend private time with the Father in order to have public power for ministry. In order to have public power uh, for 
ministry and public power in everyday life, Jesus says, I've got to spend time with my father. Notice uh, also that Satan attacks Jesus and he tempts Jesus in his most vulnerable hour, his mo most vulnerable time. He has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, which is very much in keeping with what uh, Moses does in Exodus. Moses fasts for 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai and God gives him uh, the commandments. But it's also... Um, also indicative of what God does with the children of Israel. The, the children of Israel, this key number, fig, this figure 40, uh, that the children of Israel are in the wilderness for 40 years. And we read that Israel is a royal nation, a holy priesthood, and they were to be to the nations. They were to represent God to the nations, to draw the nations back to God. And we know that Israel did not live up to that reality. Uh, they were God's, God's firstborn son in terms of a nation, uh, that God chose Israel to represent him. And they did not live up to that reality. But, but now we see Jesus as the true son of God. Uh, Israel was a type of of son, a type of Christ. Moses was a type of Christ, as we see in Exodus and Deuteronomy. But we see here that Jesus was able to do what the children of Israel were not able to do. He fulfilled scripture. He lived up to what God had called him, declared him to be the true son of God. So I want to encourage you today to, to pursue a God-scripted life, to stick to the script, we must, in times like these, during this pandemic, we must remember our lines and remember the word of God. Uh, we must let God write our story. You know, turn the pen, that Jehovistic pen, over to God and let God write your story. Because I, I promise you that your story, your narrative, will come out with a much better ending if we let him write it. We let God write the pages of our lives and every chapter of our lives, the ending will come out much better. For we see this in Jesus' life, even in this passage, this pericope of scripture, it says after Jesus had counted Satan, uh, Satan's temptations, it says that he was really weak, but it says that the angels ministered to Jesus. They ministered to him. And I would like to think that when we, pursue a God-scripted life that the angels minister to us as well. Now, I want to close with this, this thought uh, from a C.S. Lewis book called The Screwtape Letters. And this book was written in 1942. But when I read this to you, you will think that it was just written just yesterday. Uh, there's this conversation between Satan and Jesus. And Satan says... I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. Isn't that what Satan is doing today as a result of this pandemic? But look at what, what Jesus does to counter Satan's actions, demonic actions. Jesus says, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. 
I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table and I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not on the world. And I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. I think that's where we are today, brothers and sisters. Jesus is helping us to recenter our lives, to return back to our first love. Jesus is helping us to, to really focus on what matters most. Family matters most. Our marriage matters most. Getting back to that kitchen table and spending quality time together and making sure that we understand that God is our source and all of these other things that we enjoy are resources and that we are called to worship the giver and not the gifts. I want to encourage you today to pursue a God-scripted life. Let God write your story. In times like these, submit to the script of God. Stick with the script, brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, amen.